T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown! Wow, what a catch by the rookie! Ridiculous! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I'm laughing because, like, <laughs> not really excited uh, after watching that Knicks game and, like, that. Not not really on the jump around, jump around, jump up, jump up, and get down. Like, I'm looking at the Knicks, like, <laughs> only the Knicks. The, the, okay, this is what I'll say about the Knicks before we get back to the conversation at hand, which is uh, the NFL playoffs and. You know, I just spoke to Lewis from Brooklyn, who's a diehard Cowboys fan. Lewis has wrote me some fan mail letters. He calls up into my show. And, you know, we have that in common that we're Cowboys fans, except I don't believe in him. And he said, you know, I finally surrender. Took till week 18. But looking at the Knicks, uh, you know, you heard Evan say he was rooting for them tonight as a Nets fan. I'm a Nets fan also rooting for them because we would have loved to see you knock down the Milwaukee Bucks. And instead, all the Milwaukee Bucks did was knock down shots late. I think I thought one of those was a three. I thought it was three three three-pointers in a row. But, um, no, there was, uh, I think there was a a jump shot in between. Let's see if I can go back to these plays. Yikes. You hate to see it. End of game. Um, (laughs) they, They had the lead for most of the game. As I'm looking at the team stats... For the most part, uh, they should have won that game. They should have won that game. Largest lead, the Knicks led this game by 17. How many times last year did we have the Knicks lose games where they led by 15, 20 points? And they are a different team now, but Jalen Brunson doesn't change the whole team. He's one guy, and he fights. He fought hard down the stretch here. But as I go from the team stats to, let's see, the play-by-play, let's go to the fourth. And go all the way to, like, around the end of the game. Let's see, it was, like, under two minutes left. Okay, so here we are. And I remember I was saying Giannis did not even want anything. Like, he didn't want the ball. He didn't want to have to take the shot. He didn't want that smoke. He didn't want that pressure on him. He was deferring to Drew Holiday, who was a star in his own right. So at the 223 mark, Drew Holiday makes a 25.3-pointer. 
And uh, Julius Randle had the ball and tried to drive, and uh, I think he missed a free throw there. Where am I at? No, that's even further back. Yep. So at, at the 47.1 mark, Drew Holiday makes a 26-foot step-back jump shot. Jalen Brunson makes one. Then Drew Holiday makes a 22-foot uh, jump-back shot. And then Jalen Brunson makes one. Then Brooke Lopez, then Brunson, and Drew Holiday makes a free throw, and that's all she wrote. It was Drew Holiday down the stretch. I felt like Brooke Lopez hit a three in there. Maybe they don't have this correct. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. But it came down to the end of the game, and three-point shots just being knocked down. And they didn't have it late. That was a tough way to go. That was a tough way to take an L. Bucks win 111-107 to 107 in the Garden. Knicks fans, call me up and tell me what you saw. If you saw something different throughout the game, it was looking like a good game. You know, IQ has kind of stepped up uh, for the mid-three and become that third guy with RJ being out. And what did IQ have points-wise? IQ had 23. Brunson had 44. Randall had 25. And Obi Toppin comes back. It wasn't expected much out of him. He only played eight minutes, but he's back, and he had three points. I don't know. This was a game where you held Giannis to 22 in the garden, and it looked like a night that Giannis was not looking for the ball. He wasn't looking to shot. Like, he wasn't looking to take his own shot. He wasn't looking for the big shot. He wasn't looking to be the guy who was deferring. And with that being said, all five starters for the Bucks, as well as their six men off the bench in Bobby Portis and Joe Ingles. I was just talking to Marco about Joe Ingles. I was like, I didn't even really realize Joe Ingles was back. I knew he was back, but I kind of forgot about him because he's a Utah Jazz player for years, and he got hurt. He tore his ACL last year. He just came back. For the Bucks, like right before Christmas, he had 17 points. He knocked down five threes. It's tough. So when you're talking about defense, I think that's where we are with the Knicks. What? Where's the disconnect on defense? And sometimes, you know, I always hear KD say it's a it's a make or miss league. Sometimes you can play good defense. Guys are gonna hit shots. It's the Garden. Um, they had six guys in double digits. Ingles had 17, Portis had 10, uh, let's see, Allen and Connaughton had 11, Holiday had 15, and, I mean, for his 15, he had most of his points in the fourth quarter, closing him out. Giannis had 22, and Brook Lopez had 17. The Knicks lose uh, another game at home. They were 500 at home. Now they're 10 and 11 at home, and they are 22 and 19 on the season. And as I'm looking at the standings, like I said, Nets fans were rooting for the Knicks to knock the Bucks off, and it looked like they had them all game. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are third place right behind uh, the Brooklyn Nets, a game behind the Brooklyn Nets. And now the Brooklyn Nets are without Kevin Durant, and they got to go on a month run of trying to stay where they are and not fall too far uh, from the second seed without KD. We will get into basketball conversations on the fan probably when, uh, you know, football ends. But right now, back to the playoffs. And we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys and um, them losing to rookie Sam Hall and uh, Sam Howell in his first start. And it was 26-6. to They couldn't get in the end zone. And, and Dak keeps the streak going. He's good for a pick. He's good for a pick. And sometimes it's on his receivers, but... Yesterday was all on him, him, and I saw Dan Orlovsky break down the play. He went to the backside receiver and Noah Brown, 
who, like, they don't even have confidence in Noah Brown. That's why they did all of that whining and dining and all of that nonsense around OBJ. And they, oh, they thought OBJ was going to be able to help the team he can't play. They signed T.Y. Hilton. Um, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup are their main two guys. And they have tight ends and running backs. But Dak decided to force the ball to Noah Brown. It turns into a pick six. And I've got a ton of questions about the Dallas Cowboys heading into this game. Now, the Bucks lost as well. But, like, they pulled their starters they had Blaine Gabbard in there, and uh, you know the Falcons had nothing to play for. Uh, Marcus Mariota quit on them, so they were fully rolling with Desmond Ritter, and they were able to put up 30 points and uh, beat the Bucks. But who cares? The Bucks win that crappy division, the worst division in football. The Bucks will host a home game in the playoffs, and they've been in the playoffs the last two years, and they won the Super Bowl two years ago, and there's still some talent. There's still some guys on that team. And I believe when you're led by Tom Brady, a, a guy that's done a lot of winning in January, these guys are going to be motivated to play well for Tom. And if the Dallas Cowboys come in there sleepwalking and thinking they're just going to show up as they have many times this year when they've been knocked off, like that's the thing about being a, a fan of the Cowboys you know, fans want to write home about, oh, back-to-back years. Back-to-back years. The Cowboys won 12 games. That's crazy. They never do that. Isn't that great? No, it's not because uh, let's go backwards. They should have had 13 wins. Beat the Commanders. They should have had 14 wins. Beat the Jaguars when you were up two scores. Should have never went to overtime. Oh, they should have beat the Packers, too. And and that went to overtime, and they were up two scores. So, no, I'm not – as a fan, I'm not uh, – I'm not too excited about the Dallas Cowboys because they just seem to find a way to lose games that they absolutely should win. And when you get into a game in the playoffs against the GOAT, Tom Brady, with the whole world watching, it's going to be the Monday night game of this Super Wild Card weekend at 8-15, just like the NFL wanted. They get to drive this Tom Brady narrative into the ground once again. I'm so tired of Tom Brady. thought he was going to retire in, like, 2016. Honestly, I thought after he lost to the Eagles, he should have hung it up, but... Here we are, and Tom's looking to come back for another year. So this is the last game most likely he's going to play for the Bucs. They're going to go out there and play hard. They're going to go out there and compete, and I would not be surprised if the Cowboys lose that game. They should win the game. I think they're favored in the game, minus three, but what does that matter? It could be a Dak Prescott interception that turns the game. It could just be uh, Dak Prescott not being able to find receivers. Like last year when they hosted the 49ers, it was just like, can't get the offense going. He's missing wide open guys. He's not seeing guys. He's a deer in headlights. And then the Dallas defense, they're suspect. And Tom Brady knows they're suspect. Tom Brady knows that their corners aren't great. They lost Anthony Brown, who wasn't even that good for the season. And uh, Tom Brady's going to try some of these guys. They're relying on on uh, Dur- Darren Bland. They're relying on some some different guys. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs was all pro last year, but you've seen him get cooked. You've seen him sell. You've seen him bite on uh, double moves or try and jump routes and get beat deep. And then Leighton Vanderesh had been out for a little while, middle linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. Micah Parsons hasn't been as much of a beast as he's been, right? The kid is tired. That young man's got to go up against 300-pound offensive lineman. He's not the biggest guy. Yeah, he's a beast, but that's that's tough for anybody to have to go do that. And, uh, you know, they're hoping to get back some more pieces. They're hoping to get back 
some more players. But now I just feel like losing that Week 18 game like that for the Cowboys, they're taking a loss into the playoffs, and um, that primes them for a Tom Brady loss. That that primes primes them to lose to uh, the Bucks, and the Bucks aren't aren't a good team. They aren't the better team. Uh, they were without Tyler Biotis as well. Tyler Biotis is their center. They were without him this past week. There's been some shuffling on that Dallas Cowboys line with Terrence Steele being out. Luckily for them, they had uh, Tyron Smith, who can play left and right tackle. They also signed Jason Peters when Tyron Smith went down, so they had a little bit more depth, but I just don't trust them. I don't think they're good enough. Um, to go on the road in the first round of the playoffs and beat Tom Brady convincingly. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think they should win the game, but I would not be surprised if Tom Brady gets a win. That's 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 what the NFL wants. They want to see Tom in the playoffs again. Tom sells tickets. He brings eyes, and uh, his never-ending story continues. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. Let's get back to the phones and your calls. Joe is in New Milford. You got it, Joe. You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. Good evening. I love your show. I love what you have to offer to the station. Um, I'm also a Cowboy fan, and one stat that I hate to hear is uh, Tom Brady is 7-0 and against the Cowboys because I feel like a lot of those seven are irrelevant. Some of these, Most of these guys weren't even on the team when he was beating them in the beginning, and then also like games in the first week of the season that's irrelevant but with that being said like I have no confidence in this cowboy team I think we are good enough to go and beat the Bucks. and on any given Sunday I also believe that if the Cowboys play like a flawless game which it never happens they could beat any team in the NFL but I just know that they can't do that for like a three-game stretch or a four-game stretch, so they have no chance in this playoffs. Eventually, they're going to go and play a better team like San Francisco, Philadelphia, yeah. one of those teams, and there's just going to be too many mistakes. Yeah, so it's like, and I'm glad you said that in this playoffs, right? I, I don't even know about them getting out of the first round. They've been one and done so many times, I wouldn't be surprised. But like, as far as making a run, I have said in the upcoming weeks or in the in the past weeks as we were getting to uh, the playoffs, the upcoming weeks into the playoffs, that if there was every year, right, that the Dallas Cowboys should feel confident about going into the playoffs, like there's no Aaron Rodgers here. He's been a boogie, boogeyman for them. They have their quarterback. They have two running backs. They have their weapons. And when you look at Brock Purdy, he's a third-string quarterback. When you look at Jalen Hurts, he was hurt the last few weeks. He he could be one hit away from being out of that game. Uh, the Vikings, they beat, they put 40 on, and no one really believes in the Vikings either. The Giants, no one's really afraid of them, but you know they're hoping they catch lightning in a bottle again. And then Tom Brady, old man Tom, 45 years old, uh, with an eight-win team. That's who the Cowboys draw? That's ideal, right? Cowboys Nation should be excited. All we got to do is beat old man Tom in an eight-win team, and then we get the rematch against the uh, the Eagles, right, with both starters. First time they, they played him, Cooper Rush was playing Eagles win. Second time they play him, Gardner Minshew's playing Cowboys win. They should be fighting to get to that uh, that that first game against the Eagles in the second round, but I just don't trust them to go out and play a solid four quarters against a Tom Brady. And I, like, I don't even trust the coaching. I, I expect Kellen Moore to get jammed up with his play calling and uh, not know what to do in certain situations. Mike McCarthy not know how to manage timeouts or when to go for it on fourth down or not. And then even Dan Quinn, he's interviewing for head coaching jobs again. Uh 
you know, he's a great defensive coordinator, but maybe his heart is set on getting back to being a head coach like he was with the Falcons. Who knows? He's interviewing this week, and they got a game plan and get ready for Tom. And you know Tom is locked in. You know Tom is looking at every weakness on that defense and where he can exploit it. So it's going to be a good game. But I, yeah, I, I, I just don't feel confident in the Cowboys winning it. I hope they do. I really do. No, definitely. But, like, a big under – like something that's just underappreciated. Like the defense was so good at the beginning of the season. And honestly, outside of the last game against Washington, the offense laid an egg. The defense has been the biggest letdown. And like you said, it, Anthony Brown's not that good. But like the drop off since Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis went out at the corner play, and then there's just no pressure anymore. Like the defense. I feel like Micah Parsons is just gassed. He's not used to playing on the line, and now he's just, like, gassed. Like, you don't see the right. same He's not the same rush. game record because he's got to play DN, and every play he's getting double teamed or going up against a tackle, and it's like, you know, that's why the guy said, oh, I, I, I would, you know, I'd give anybody a chance to do my job, see how they like it, or something like that. Like, we know you have a tough job. You're, you're not really – you're a linebacker. You're not really a DN, but we're asking you – to play DN. So we'll see, man. Um I, I just I don't know. I'm not confident. You you should be confident when you draw when you're a wild card team and you draw the worst of the four division winners, you should be confident. But I've just seen this story so many times. I know that the, the NFL, they they would love for Tom Brady to knock off the Cowboys. And like you said, that seven and zero doesn't matter. But I, it does kind of matter because the last two wins um were nationally televised games like this, Cowboys versus Bucks, and I know they're week one, which is extended preseason. But the Cowboys came up short. And I remember that first year, Dak said something to Brady like, good game, we'll see you in the playoffs. And I'm like, shut up, Dak. <laughs> shut up, bro. What are you yeah. talking about? And now, look, two years later, we'll see you in the playoffs. Well, be careful what you wish for because you've been turning the ball over a ton. And if the offensive line isn't connected to you know get a push against that front and run the ball, then it's going to come down to like a shootout between Dak and Tom. And and Dak's turned the ball over, and Tom is going to get the ball to Mike Evans. Who's going to cover Mike Evans? Hopefully Trayvon that would Diggs? be Trayvon Diggs, but then you don't have anyone to cover Godwin. And, like, I honestly think the Bucks game is a 50-50, but there's just not enough. There's no consistency. So even if we play the best game of our lives against the Bucks, like, there's going to be a letdown. There's no consistency in Dallas anymore. Yeah, I think they're cursed. Thanks for the call, Joe. I mean, I, I've i been pretty consistent. Uh, you know, last year, I believe more. For some reason, last year, I thought, okay, they're hosting this game. They can beat the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scare me. And he didn't do much in that game. But they couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't complete passes. They couldn't move the chains. Dak couldn't make the throws. And uh, I think, you know, as a Cowboys fan on the fan, there are, there's a ton of Cowboys fans in New York, New Jersey, and beyond, listening on the Odyssey app, I'm just not going to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I am a Cowboys fan. I've always rooted for the team because I chose when I was four years old. But I'm also like a fan, like a football fan. And when I look at the team, they're flawed. Uh, Jerry Jones can't fool me with all the glitz and glamour of the star and all, I guess, you know, New Jerseys and the color rush and, you know, all these other, oh, we're getting old L. Beckham Jr. And while they were doing that, I'm like, that's cool and all, but like, that, is that this team's biggest need? I don't know. If they lose the game, you know what you're going to hear from me. Uh, I, I had a, my last show Friday, and I got two calls. It was a quick like quick hit bridge show. 
And I got two calls from Cowboys fans, and I had had Paulie dig them up, and it wasn't much to dig. It was Friday, but I thought it was important because I've been consistent with the message that the Cowboys are frauds. Full disclosure, I'm 58 years old, and uh, I live in North Jersey, and I've been a Cowboy fan since 1971. So it's uh, been good and and not good. But I'm a little confused. Keep talking about the Giants, and I do wish them well. No, this is their history. This is their culture of this going call into confused the me. wild card and running it through with Eli. I'm trying to understand, like from ownership on down, who is there today that was part of that culture? The owners. Um, who was there back then? I'm sure there's some front office people. I'm sure there's some people that do. Uh, work that's not football operations that were there with the Giants. I'm sure there's people listening that work at the Giants that have been there for 20 years. I, I don't know them personally, but obviously there's no players. Yeah, not, not anybody of influence. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, Mr. Mara, I think, unfortunately, has passed away. and It's now with his son and his partner. The the coaching staff certainly isn't there, or the, and certainly not the players. And, and while I totally respect the Giants culture, and sometimes I'm very jealous about the rapidness of their fans. I, I, I see this as a single game by itself against Minnesota. Like, the, the fact that the people are going to, you know, that they're going to go ahead and create the, uh, the run against the Patriots. Uh, you know, hopefully that happens for New Jersey and their fans. I, I just don't understand the, the relationship everybody's trying to draw between the same you know, spread. The culture of the same spread. It's just hopes. It's just, it's just hoping history repeats itself. Thanks for the call, Eric. Well, that's different. Um, I'm not really sure what that call was about. So uh, for Giants fans listening, and I'm pretty sure Eric is like me, a Cowboys fan that grew up in New Jersey. I don't know. Like, I think it's this. They're, all bets are off. When you're going into the playoffs, playoffs, you're just happy to be in the playoffs. Giants fans are just happy that the first year of this rebuild with a new coach, new GM, here we go, they're going to be 9-7 and seven again. And that just makes you think that, okay, they were 9-7 and seven and won the Super Bowl twice. They came in the same way the last time and ended up with a Super Bowl. It's all about playing good football in January, and maybe they can do it again. I don't know. I got no hate on that. As a Cowboys fan, I'm not as old as Eric is, so I didn't see uh, all of those Super Bowls. I saw one, and honestly, I was in the second grade, so it barely, it barely registers. I've had way more first-round exits that I can remember. Um, watching uh, Bam Morris and Neil O'Donnell uh, lose to Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and Michael Irvin was was cool when I was in second grade. But like since then, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since the Cowboys have gotten back uh, to a Super Bowl, to an NFC Championship. Let's go to Staten Island and talk to Audrey. What's up, Audrey? You're on the fan. Hi, Keith. Nice talking to you. You too. Thanks for calling. Okay, great. Well, I have a question. Um, I understand that you work in New York, and I listen to the fan all the time, but you being a big Cowboys fan, Jerry Recco being a big Cowboys fan, I really feel that you're very negative against them. You keep calling them a fake team. They're no, I, I call them frauds. I think they're choke artists. Frauds, they're fraudulent. Right. But they're really not. <laughs> and we have the same spread, the same odds, right? So all, you know, and those were two Cowboys fans calling in like, what, what's so great about the Giants? Well, like, okay, what's so great about the Giants? In year one of a rebuild, they're a playoff team, and they're entering the first round with the, the same odds, except, you know, they're the underdogs in a game uh, against a team like the Minnesota Vikings. 
And then the next call, yeah, I understand you work in New York. This has nothing to do, uh, like, no one is peer pressuring me to talk down on the Cowboys. Like, we don't have meetings in here where they, like, tell, tell me to, like, hey, don't endorse Dallas. Like, I'm telling you as a fan. I don't believe in them. They're frauds. They're choke artists. She even said, you, you called them a fake team. No, 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 no. They're a real team. They're, they're real guys that go out there and play. They're just fraudulent as far as, like, those 12 wins. I'm not sold that they're a good team. So here we are again, folks. The Dallas Cowboys are in the playoffs. If they make a run to the Super Bowl, I will be the happiest man on the fan. If they actually get back to a Super Bowl, it is going to be a great month of January. But I wouldn't put a dollar on that. I don't believe they're good enough to do that. Even against Mr. Irrelevant, even against a banged up Jalen Hurts, even against it doesn't even against a 45-year-old Tom Brady and an eight-win team. I don't know if they survived the first round. And uh if they lose, then bring me Sean Payton. Get Mike McCarthy out of here. <laughs> Sean Payton, you know, the writing's been on the wall. You hit up Jerry Jones, you're in with whoever you want to bring with you. Because the Cowboys got to figure something out. And uh, as much as I try and root for Dak, it is frustrating to watch this guy. Let's take a break here. Now I've got Cowboys fans calling. Uh, We've got some Knicks fans calling after that game. And uh, more conversation around Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, NFL playoffs on deck. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Rocking and rolling. Let's keep on going. Keith McPherson on the fan. A five-hour KM to AM. We're closer to the end of the show than the beginning of the show. The time rolls by. I mean, on a night where you have the national championship on and then you have a Knicks game on. Uh, the Knicks game is over. The national championship's been over. I know they're still playing. Uh, plenty to talk about. Obviously, we started off with the Jets vent session or Jets fans vent session. I mean, I'm not a Jets fan, but I felt like one this year. And I mean, I had plenty that I uh, wanted to, you know, voice my frustration out against. And I don't expect too much to change, but 
On the other side, the Giants fans got what they wanted in year one of Joe Shane and Brian Dable. They're going to the playoffs. They probably would have been cool with uh, the Jets record, but they're a playoff team, and they're getting ready to head back to Minnesota where they just were, and this time around you expect them to be a little better equipped with guys like Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson on defense. And I'm excited to see that matchup. I'm not excited to see my own team that I grew up rooting for. They are a burden. As I'm sitting there watching the game yesterday with my wife, I'm looking at Dallas like, can't even get excited about these guys before the playoffs. They should have sat everyone. (laughs) If you're going to go out and lose, you should have sat the team. And at Keith McPherson on Twitter, shout out to the people that are hitting me on Twitter that are listening and, uh, you know, trying to get a word in that aren't um, able to get in on the phone lines. Who is this? Emily just hit me. She said, I think the Cowboys knew the Giants weren't going to beat the Eagles this week and focused on just getting through the game and staying healthy rather than winning. They should really just have tested the players since they were pretty much locked into the five seed. Now, I I have to disagree with that. Going into that game, what was on the table for the Cowboys? The one seed was on the table. Winning the division was on the table. Now, the Giants weren't going to beat the Eagles, but they challenged and the 49ers, you know, like it was on the table that that if the Cowboys won that game and got some help, they could potentially be, you know, and I knew that wasn't going to happen. Like you couldn't even handle your own business, let alone get some help. Um, the Niners were not going to go lose to the Cardinals and the Giants weren't going to beat the Eagles. And the Cowboys could have handled business to beat Washington. I, I feel like they went into that game thinking, like, kind of like how I, I said the Giants should, like, start everybody and see how the game goes and then pull guys. And they started their guys, and the game went in a different direction. And next thing you know, it got out of hand. Um, the commander scored first, and they never relinquished the lead. And the Cowboys kind of just uh, tucked their tails and went home. But, like, I don't believe that the Cowboys went into that game knowing anything. I don't don't think they, you know, oh, they heard Davis Webb was going to start, so they didn't try that hard, I guess. But then don't be surprised if you see him get knocked off next week. My guy Ross is in Bergen County on the fan again. What's up, Ross? Hey, Keith, what's going on, man? Not too much, bro. Uh, You know, trying to move the line along, talk to sports. I've got... Two more five-hour shows this week. So this first one, uh, taking it uh, kind of slow on the topics, not touching on everything. Yeah, I hear you. I feel like I got to start off with that Ranger game Saturday, that Ranger debacle. What oh, yeah. the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a Rangers fan. I'm a Devils fan. And when they when they went up 2 nothing, I'm texting my boy Jeremy because Jeremy had said to me, you know, the Devils got to play better at home with a lead. And I was like, if they even get a lead – I'm like, the Rangers have been playing real good. So when they went down 2-0, we're talking, and, and we're thinking they're cooked. But then Jack Hughes scores, and uh, then when it was 3-1, right, the Rangers come back and answer right away. It's, you know. Yeah. I know you when watch the game. Yeah, when it's 3-1, I'm actually tweeting out, this is a dreaded two-goal lead. Here comes the collapse. Not you did say that. Doom yes. and gloom, but I've seen it so many times. I even replied to it. I said, oh, the pain. I used uh, Joe Beasel. <laughs> and that play in overtime. You know what, man? And I see people tweeting out excuses, too, and they're even calling me an undercover Devils fan because they go through my tweets and they're all doom and gloom and everything. Because people are saying that when Lafreniere went into the zone in overtime and he got he just got sent across the zone, 
uh, by Siegenthaler, and then you guys took it to two on one and won the game in OT. They were calling that interference. I'm like, you gotta be it, kidding me, man! It he, happened he, so he fast. Skated into his lane. Yeah, yeah. It, it was <laughs> such any a possible excuse you could find. It was such a yeah, moment. Yeah, like the the Devils stole that game like that, and uh, I mean, it was exhilarating yeah. to watch at home a one o'clock game. So you know, the Rangers fans couldn't get too drunk and rowdy in the arena. And the Devils responded. That's a big win. The Devils needed that win more than the Rangers. The Rangers uh, didn't get a point, right? I, I think in the standings. No, they got one. Okay, they got a they point. They got because they went to overtime. Yeah, what no, that was... one through six in the Metro is crazy. There was well, some two, difference. Two, Carolina's kind of run away with it, but. There was some difference in the standings um, after that game that I felt like someone said something to me. I was like, it's a big win. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's not a big win because the, the Rangers don't get a point or something like that. And no, as if I'm the still Rangers learning, won in regulation, we would have passed you for second. That's what but it was. You guys, yeah, but since you guys won, we got a point. But you guys, now you guys are up two two points, I think, on us in the standings. You guys are in second. We're in, I still think we're in third. It might not be. That two through six, though, could go anyway. Between us two Islanders, and you got the Penguins and Capitals, too. They're never going anywhere as long as uh, Crosby and Ovi are still playing. It's crazy, man. You got the Canes running away with it. You got the Flyers and Columbus down at the bottom. And even Columbus spent top dollar on Johnny Goudreau, and they did, they're the worst team in the league by far. They're going to get Connor Bedard, where next year, what? I know I put NFL on the graphic, man. I'm kind of going towards the hockey route. Uh, next year, you'll see this kid, Connor Bedard, first overall. They're saying he's legit better than McDavid, some people are saying. So it's going to be fun to watch in years, years Let's to see. come. But yeah, it's, I'm glad the yeah, Devils got Jack, Jack Hughes in the draft a couple years back because that kid is. He's in his second year, two-time All-Star. Uh, just Bro, watching how he plays is different. Half the player he is. Yeah. If Lafreniere was half the player he is, who knows what would happen. Real quick, I just want to get a quick football point in. You know, everyone's talking about this uh, Jets, you know, doom and gloom with this, uh, you know, this. there's no other way to put it. It's a collapse. You know, there's one way to put the Mets uh, into their season. This is an all-out collapse with the Jets. And honestly, you know what? I don't. I wouldn't cancel it right away. You know, I keep saying it situationally, you know, there's no excuse for what happened. You even bring it up with the showing up, practicing in the Grinch costumes and everything. You know what, man, for a franchise as embarrassing as the Jets, you know, he showed you guys some hope. I think at least give him another year. I bring back Douglas as well. And uh, LaFleur, rather, I, uh, and obviously the QB situation got got to get fixed. In terms of Douglas and Salah, if they were up to me, I know it's not up to me, but I personally think they should stay. And you could say what you want about the OC and the quarterbacks obviously got to change. And with the Giants, man, and you know I'm a Vikings fan. This is legit, could go either way. And, I see, and you know, even though Lou Gower brought up on his bridge show before your show, uh, you know, you see a lot of Giants fans writing us off already right right away. They're saying, oh, you know, let's get our plane tickets ready for uh, Santa Clara and all that. You know, and I'll, you know, I'll admit, too, I'm just as much of a doom and gloom Vikings fan as you are a Cowboy fan. We're probably even more fraudulent than you guys are because whenever we seem to play you guys, it's, it's over in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Giants aren't too far behind in terms of the, you know, the notion of being uh, – I don't even know if you call them easy because they are the sixth seed. They don't have as much of expectations as we do. But when we when, when the, they played on Christmas Eve, I could have swore I heard a stat. They were like a combined – Minnesota and the Giants were like a combined 21-0 and in one possession games. So they're honestly – the way they're they're – getting these last second wins they're not too far behind from us so they're two pretty pretty similar teams aside from the records but it's gonna be a toss-up man yeah i think both teams i mean you know when you look at the the giants you you can't say that they're like frauds because no one expected them to be here right they're you know if anything they're overachievers they're overachievers yeah both teams have stolen games and that's how they have so many wins 
But for the Vikings, yeah. like they have a ton of talent. You, they should be winning the games. So when they win the games, people aren't necessarily writing home about it. For the Giants, when the Giants were stealing the games this year, everybody was talking about, oh, what is it? The coaching set? No one's giving the Vikings coaches credit. They're like, oh, you have the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I haven't heard O'Connell mentioned even once in the coach of the year race, which I don't think he should be. I think Dable should run away with it. But, I mean, first first year head coach, 13-4, and four, I think he should at least get mentioned. But, Doug you know, Peterson. you even look at and I get the, the Vikings are pulling away with, you know, these one-possession squeakers against, you know, you know Detroit at the start of the year, even, you know, the, the four games against the AFC East, they needed a, a barn burner against, uh, did they play, oh no, they played Bridgewater, I think, when they went to Miami, obviously everything in the world had to happen for them to beat Buffalo, but, you know, even with the Giants, too, when they, you know, when Houston and Chicago came to MetLife, those those games, Houston, even that was, what, it was an eight-point game, they, you know, their only one-point, uh, their only multi-score win was against Indianapolis. Right. So... I don't know, man. I think honestly, aside it's gonna from be a record, close game. It's, it's gonna, gonna be a close game, bro. I, and that's why this. That's why the spread is three. And uh, yeah, I, I, what I just you know feel I feel about in the playoffs is it comes really down to, to schemes and game plan and preparation. I think the Giants have the edge there, and they have the confidence of knowing that they were you know a field goal away from overtime or potentially beating that team. And now they've got some of their reinforcements back uh, in the secondary. And, you know, they've got some more confidence after, you know, winning their way into the playoffs. And um, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to that game. I think that's going to be a close game, and it could go either way. Thanks for the call, Ross. Thought you were still there as we proceed. Gene is in Secaucus on the fan. What's up, Gene? Welcome back. Hey, Keith, how are you? I heard you talking about the Cowboys. I got to chime in. <clears throat> of course. Uh, you know, listen, I totally agree with you. You know, I'm so sick and tired of these uh, 30, uh, 20 something year old, 30 something year old cowboy fans. I think you and I are the only uh, smart cowboy fans in America. They really see what's going on. <laughs> now, quick stat here Dallas, well, I guess their last, their last eight playoff games on the road were losses on, that they played on grass. Uh, Tom Brady is, what, like 8 and 0? You know, this Cowboys team is a better team, and they should win. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I agree with you if they lose. I hope I'm wrong. I don't trust the coaching. I don't trust Mike McCarthy. He doesn't seem like a man that wants to win uh, to me. I've said this to you before. I think he's more concerned about his direct deposit hitting his account. Dak Prescott, uh, bonehead, uh, uh, can't trust him. I couldn't put my finger on, on that, but you said... You can't trust them, and that's how I – I can't trust them. Turnovers, uh, too many of them at inappropriate times, throws a lot of bad balls. And decisions uh, – I hate to use this word <sighs> – stupid, dumb, just the decisions, not him. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a smart uh, guy. He can this, read the this, defense, this cow- but then he forces it, and it's like, nah. that was a stupid throw. That was a dumb decision. This Cowboy defense is going to give up six big plays. I'm expecting somewhere – and it's not just one or two. It's going to be six. Two or three of them are going to be runs. If the Cowboys have 10 penalties, they're not going to win the game. Penalties is directly on coaching. That's on McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know the NFL wants the Cow- – you know, you and I talked about this. The- we saw the Cowboys, four and five, lining up with the Buccaneers, and you said the NFL. Do you think that the NFL uh, wanted this? And do you think that the Buccaneers could get calls now because they want to – you know, the NFL wants Absolutely. to see the, the storyline, Tom Brady. I hope I'm – 
I hope that's not the case, you know? Yeah. I saw some conspiracy theory online, and it was like a reel or TikTok someone made about the NFL being an entertainment industry and how they can fix things because they're not actually like a, a sport, like a competition. And I don't think that's necessarily true, but when I – Talk about how bogus the officiating is. Like, those things fix the game. Like, watching the Jets-Dolphins uh, game, that was not a horse collar. He grabbed his jersey, but that was a huge play in the game. There's Steelers fans. That was a big play. That was huge. Yeah, yeah. Steelers fans that, that needed mm-hmm. the Jets to beat the Dolphins, and they're pissed off about that play. So when it comes to yeah. Tom Brady, you can't touch the guy, right? So Micah Parsons and, and um, Demarcus Lawrence and Neville Gallimore and those guys – Lay off a of Tom because it's going to be roughing the passer. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that game's officiated. But that's a great stat you put out there about playing on grass because the first, yeah. first thing I thought about, FedEx Field, they just lost on grass. Right, right, yeah. In, in Duval, uh, uh, playing against the Jaguars. Yeah. I don't lost think, on grass. Yeah, I don't think it's the last Lambeau eight. Field, yeah. outside. Lost yeah, I don't grass. think it's the last eight games that the Cowboys played. But like consecutively, I think it's the last game, the last eight games that were on the road on grass. I think in between there may have been some artificial turf. Now here's my keys to the Cowboys winning, Keith. First of all, they got to stop the penalties. They, they they can't have ten penalties and expect to win because they're not going to win if they got ten. Pen- and that's on coaching, like I said. Yeah, that's their they MO, though. They always are penalized. Yeah, and even you know, in the game yesterday, they had they, six penalties. Compared you know. to two for the Commanders. And these, these Cowboy fans with 20-something-year-olds calling in, I, I don't think they get it. you got to rush Tom Brady. I think the running game should be going on. But only because if they get the running game going, Keith, <laughs> Dak Prescott doesn't have to go back and pass the ball. That's how I feel about yes, him. Gene, and they, they, listen, there's they got to score in the red zone. they got to score touchdowns in the red zone. The less, time that, the, the less opportunities that Dak goes back to try to throw a ball, that's better. So we got to get the run the running I don't know. He, he's he's declined as a quarterback uh, like, over the years. I don't know. It's the most confusing thing because it's like it he, he can read the defense. Sometimes he makes some great throws. Sometimes he's yeah. on where he oh, has he's gonna make throws. after he's completion gonna make after good com- throws, completion and then turns ones. it over. There's a stat out there about uh, when, is, when they're in games that Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard each touch the ball, I think it's like 13 or 14 times. Like, they don't lose when those guys have the ball in their hands yeah. close to 30 times, but they don't do it. They don't run the ball. Mm-hmm. They go away from it because Kellen Moore uh, gets creative or, or starts relying on Dak too much, and they're throwing it on every down. That's run another thing ball. you said. He he does rely on Dak a lot. And the other thing is that, you know, remember when Ezekiel came into the league, he was touching the ball 20 times? Now, he can't touch the ball 20 times anymore no, with Pollard there. But you know what? they got to give him the ball. I, he's the complete back because he could run – he can catch and he can block. He's really a good. He's nobody sees this, but this guy's a, a pretty good player, yeah, and he's, he's not hurt. He's, he's a step he's slow. That's, that's what it is. But overall, he touches the ball seven times. That's he, it. he he can be in there on every down because he knows the pass protection. He blocks no, he's well. Good. He's good. He's he, good he can guy. run in between the tackles. He's a step slow, but when yeah. the blocking's there, he he's got no, a he, second he gear. Um, yeah, and he catches too. <laughs> yeah, he catches passes. I mean, it used to be a. a I like option him. running screens, but it's you know they got yeah. they got they got to rely on Tony Pollard and they got to rely on Ezekiel yeah. Elliott and not so much on Dak to throw the ball forty absolutely, times. That's absolutely. too many opportunities for him to turn it over. Hey, listen, Keith, who who wins on Sunday? Who, who wins? <laughs> I mean Monday, Monday. I'm sorry, Monday. The Cowboys are playing on Monday. 
I was about to say, there's three games. Um, yeah, Monday. Monday. I'm talking about Monday. Cowboys, Cowboys, Buccaneers. The Cowboys should win this game. I'm not yeah, betting on them, but if you ask me who I think wins, it's the Cowboys. But yeah. I would not be surprised if right. it comes me down to too. a drive for Tom Brady. The spread is right. three. Uh, it would not surprise me to see Tom Brady drive down the field with two minutes yeah. left and kick a field goal to win it. Yeah. That's what All the right. NFL loves. We've yeah. seen it a bunch of times. Thanks for the call, Gene. Uh- and uh, you know, I don't. I don't think I'm a smart fan. I just think I'm not delusional. I've said that. I, I have friends that are Cowboys fans. They're delusional. Like every year, I'm like, I guess you guys forget about the years past. I haven't forgotten. I I, I remember those exits when I did believe. When I did think that the Cowboys had a chance to win. And uh, now I just like I, I look at this team. This is not a Super Bowl team. If yeah. they somehow make it to the Super Bowl, I will be over the moon. You're a realistic fan. You're a fan. You want them to win, but you don't think they're going to win, which is what most sports fans are like. You can be realistic about your team and still be a fan. Like, you're going to be over the, over the moon if, you know. If they, if they even, if they advance one round, if they beat Tom Brady, which they should, this is an eight-win team, I'm going to be excited. Yeah. Because then you get the Eagles, and then we get to see, okay, Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott. Both teams have their starting quarterbacks. Let's see. Micah Parsons already said that Jalen Hurts is a product of the system. Let's see. That's bulletin board material. Let's see it. Right. And even I asked you on Friday, I think, what would make you happy as a Cowboy fan? Because I feel some Cowboy fans, you're going to, even if they get to the Super Bowl and lose, they're going to say, same old Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. No. This, that, the, like, if they I, got to a Super Bowl, because man, Lewis, because, that gives me a great month of football that I haven't had since I right, was in because second Lewis grade. Lewis said he's throwing in the towel. Well, we know if they win, if they go on a streak and they make the Super Bowl, he's going to be there. So we, we understand that. But I just want to get into the mindset of like fans when it comes to what exactly will make you happy? They won 12 games this year, and I just went through the fact that they should have probably won 13, 14 games. Like, so when, when you have a team that could have won 13 or 14 games and they get into the playoffs and they come up short, all those regular season wins are for nothing. And for Dallas fans, you've seen them win double-digit games a lot. And I know it's this is the first time they've won 12 back-to-back because usually you'd get a drop-off, and then uh, the Cowboys had a few years where they were 500 or whatever. But what would make me happy is them advancing to the NFC Championship with all this talent, right, with this quarterback that they had to give $160 million to because they mismanaged that, um, with C.D. Lamb, who they don't have to pay yet, who they got lucky, he fell in the draft to them. Tony Pollard, another guy that they're lucky to have, and they don't have to pay him until next year. Like, I, I would love to see them actually like be in the Final Four, but they don't do that. Maybe I'll have better luck than the team from Texas tonight, who's getting run out of the building. This game is over. This is a massacre. 65-7. to 65-7. It's also raining in the stadium because the way it was built, there's no walls and there's like no windows because it never rains. It legit, there's videos. It's raining in SoFi Stadium right now. Yeah, that's some kind of weird omen. Yes, the, it's it, the football I, gods are crying because this should have been Alabama versus Georgia. TCU had no business being in the college or football Michigan playoff. versus Georgia. Michigan would have put up a better uh, you know showing than this. But if it was Alabama, they would have. Face Michigan, probably beat Michigan, and then we would have got Georgia versus Bama, and it would have been two heavyweight teams versus uh, TCU, who's completely out of their weight class. They scored one touchdown. 
And Georgia, Georgia, they just had the easiest walk of a national championship to win back-to-back national championships for the first time. This has been done in 10 years since Alabama did it. These kids from Alabama are sitting at home like, man, we wanted another crack at these guys. We we, we think we could have beat them. <laughs> All right, well, here we are at the top of another hour, going into the 11th hour, the last hour I have on the fan. We've passed four hours very quickly. Uh, we've talked about the Jets and their misery. We talked about the NFL playoffs. We're still going to do that. Uh, we looked a little bit into this college football national championship, Georgia back-to-back champs. The Knicks disappointed after having a lead for most of the game, a 17-point lead wasted to Giannis and the Bucks on a night where they contain Giannis. We'll talk about that, and uh, we'll take your calls the last hour. It's open mic, whatever you guys want to talk about. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 